0: to Totalus Rankium. This week, Augustus! Hello and welcome to Roman
1: Emperor's Totalus Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all the emperors from Augustus to Augustulus, and this is episode 85, Augustulus. Oh. We did it, Jamie. We, we, we reached well, the end. maybe I'm being more optimistic. We've got to get to the end of the episode. <laughs> you <laughs> never know what might happen. <laughs> Something could happen, but it's looking good. It is looking very good. It's looking like we're going to actually get to the end. We've got batteries for the, this. Yeah. The microphone's plugged in. Yeah. We've got the Champagne. We have got champagne from the region of champagne. Yeah, yeah. Two
0: for one offer at co-op as well.
1: Nice. Okay. Are we going to break it open now and sip on our champagne whilst we? Uh, oh, yeah. Talk about our oh, oh, Let's, let's yeah, do it. Classy, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's um, never open these things. No. might edit down how long it takes you to open the bottle of champagne, depending. <laughs> how embarrassing <laughs> it is. Day thirty-two. <laughs> <laughs> the file is removed. <laughs> Okay, I've removed the foil. The foil is off. You're twisting the metal... Twisty thing. Twisty thing. Does that have a name? Oh. Cork stopper. Cork...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah makes that's... sense. It's like a little hat. It's a like a little hat. hat. Yeah. It's quite
1: nice. Okay, that's off. Okay. Oh, I can smell the burning of those problems. Yeah, that'll have yeah. a go. No. Here we go, here okay. we go, here we go. You ready, listeners? Still
0: ready? <laughs> that Stay cork's away. coming out
1: any day now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe by series two, <laughs> we'll be there.
1: Ooh. Oh, 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 <laughs> yeah, oh. Yay, oh, ready, Is that a dent in your ceiling? <laughs> I think it might be. That was, oh, imagine if that was at your face. Oh, that would not be pleasant. Oh, <laughs> but hopefully this will be. Yes, I will have some champagne. Thank you very much. Yep.
0: Enjoy. Oh. We haven't got it proper for champagne glasses, unfortunately. Well, oh, they're nice glasses, though. What are they? They're just um, little... Crystal cut Ikea. <laughs>
1: nice.
0: <laughs> no, they're not Ikea. They're me. from a wife, her family.
1: Oh. <laughs> so don't break them. <laughs> the family heirlooms. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Here we go. I appreciate the listeners have just spent five minutes of us just opening champagne yeah. now. <laughs> but thanks for sticking with us. Yeah. Mmm, sure. I've Never had champagne before. Have you not? I thought
0: it'd be a lot drier than this. It's actually not too bad. No, it's very bubbly. Carver is really dry. I don't like it. Oh, that's good because I almost bought that. I almost yeah. bought Carver. Then I picked yeah. up a Prosecco. Got to the cash point. Oh yeah, and then went I went back. And I thought, oh, no, let's splash out. Let's, splash let's, let's out. go for the
1: full. Let's go for the full eight pounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here we are. Let's do this, shall we? The last yes. emperor of the West, of course. Bit of a recap for you. Good. Glycerius took over when Librius suddenly died. Yes. This did not please Zeno and the East. Nope. No, it did not. So Nepos was sent to take over. Nepos took over. Yeah. This did not please the East. So Orestes took over. Meanwhile, Glyceric's sort of kicking the old bottom down... In Africa, and Yorick's still prodding that maybe the other cheek. Yeah. Okay. Uh, up in up in Gaul. Ooh. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Yep. That good enough recap for you. Yeah. That'll do. Everyone's dead apart from Gesseric and Yorick, and they're both descending upon the empire like uh, uh, a, a clown from an elevator shaft. That's <laughs> slightly terrifying. Like it's yeah. coming down the top of the elevator
0: shaft. Yeah, like a big spider with a clown face. Oh. Or bone. a footy clown that's tripped and he's going
1: to land in a cup of water. Nice. Okay. One of them. Right, okay. Let's do this, shall we? Augustulus. <sighs> On a scale of one to ten, how high are your hopes for the very last emperor? Um, considering
0: this is now the end, not much. Minus two.
1: Minus two. <laughs> That's low expectations. <laughs> That's very low let's, expectations. Let's see, shall we? He was born as Romulus. Hey. In around 460. This is about when Majorian's hanging about. Okay. Being the emperor. So Augustulus is young. He's about 15 at our time in the story. Well, he's in that film, isn't he? Yes, which we still haven't actually watched. Oh, now, now we can. can now, now we, we can. can. Unfortunately, and I'm going to be honest here, that's pretty much the last time I'm going to mention Romulus until the end.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because Augustus's story is not actually about Augustus; It's about his father, Orestes. Okay. <laughs> so we're actually going to look at him instead. Also, word of warning here, a lot of this is from dicey sources, so take it all with a pinch of salt. Okay. There's only one time Orestes is mentioned pre 475, and it might not even have been him. Most historians think that it is, we are not sure. We're going to say it is, otherwise, we've got nothing else to say about him. So, we're going to stick with the tradition here. So, Orestes, he was born to a wealthy, aristocratic family in Pannonia, which is in the Danube region. Yeah. He had a brother called Paulus. And his father was Tetullus. That's a good name. I like Tetullus. 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 Paulus. Mm-hmm. Tetullus. Paulus Tetullus. And Orestes. It's a good name for families. Yes. Good yes. family names. Yeah. He would have been born at the latest in the mid-420s, which puts him at around fifty in our narrative. Which sounds about right to me. Mm-hmm. He grew up at the same time as Attila the Hun was raiding the Danube region, so where he lived, and generally making Theodosius II's life miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Now, at some point, and we have no idea how this happens, Orestes and his father, maybe even his brother, were employed by Attila. Ooh, traitor. Big traitor. (laughs) Traitor on the throne. That's awful. Well, yeah, possibly. I mean, we don't know how this happened, Maybe the family were living in the land given to the Huns, and the family went, oh, okay, Attila's in charge now, let's, let's go and work for him. Well,
0: possibly.
1: But... Yeah, I, having links to the high-ups in the empire was very beneficial to Attila. So he would yeah. be looking for some some Romans that could go and work for him and help grease certain wheels. Cool. And if those wheels were greased enough, he could just go in and smash the wheels <laughs> with his hammer. Bows. They had good bows. his bows, yeah. Yeah, smash it with his bow doesn't work, but still, you get the idea. Now, we have actually come across Orestes and his father before, but there yes. is no way anyone will realize this nope. unless you already know the story, because I don't think I even mentioned their names. But you hopefully will remember the story of two Roman diplomats in Theodosius II's episode, yes. who were sent off to go and deal with Attila, go and do some treaties, but secretly they were the front of an assassination plot. Ooh. And they didn't realise. The assassination plot goes wrong, Attila finds out about it, he's not happy. did not he send them back? Yes, he sends them back. In a really cool way. Yeah. Well, we, we, we it, think. <laughs> yeah, well, no, he was quite... Cool. Instead of just going, oh, you're here to kill me. I'm going to kill you. He lays down a trap for the assassin, so they catch him red-handed. Nice. The two enboys just go back normally. Yeah. But Vigilus, the possible assassin, yeah, was uh, caught red-handed. His son is held hostage. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, scary times. Attila was not pleased, but no. oh, he definitely won that one. That's the one right at the end. He then sends an envoy to Theodosius, yeah, basically, who with the actual bag of gold, yeah. that was that was meant to pay to the assassin, yeah, and he holds it up, says, "Do you recognise this bag? We own you." <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. story there. Now. Oh yeah. As much as you did not realise this, because I did not tell you, Orestes and his father were in that story. Ooh. At one point, when Attila was being particularly difficult and refusing to meet Priscus and Maximus, the two envoys, yeah. they they had no idea what was going on. Remember, Attila already knew why they were there. They knew everything. Someone had been talking to them. They were mightily confused. They were about to give up, and a man came along and said, Oh, actually, no, you can come and see Attila here. That was actually Orestes' father, Sir Romulus Augustulus' grandfather. Okay. Yeah. We also came across Orestes himself. This is earlier on in the story when Priscus and Maximus were heading towards Attila's camp. They just met some envoys and they sat down for a meal, and the interpreter suggested a toast, and the toast was. To Attila and Theodosius, kings of the world, essentially. Yeah. And then one of the people in the Roman camp said, we are not going to toast that because Theodosius is a god and Attila's only a man. Oh. And everything went silent. It's in a sour the mood, isn't it? Yeah. And then very quickly Maximus had to give out lots of silk and gems to kind <laughs> of ease the tension. <laughs>
0: what are you doing?
1: Well, Shut up! In that meeting was Orestes himself. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Oh. There, that, that's all we know about him. All right. He happened to be mentioned. He was an extra in a story that we've already told. Was he the back end, rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb? <laughs> yes, that's all he was saying. <laughs> Not because he was trying to blend in. He was just no. trying to order. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Quite liked his rhubarb. Yeah. Yeah. So, at some point around this time, Orestes married the daughter of an important Roman official who was named Romulus. Ooh, this is whom Augustulus is named after. Unfortunately, we have no idea how long Orestes worked for Attila, whether he was in any way involved with the assassination attempt, whether he got involved in that later on, we don't know. Maybe he went back to Constantinople with the bag of gold to say, ah. <laughs> no. we don't know if he was involved in the invasion of the West when Attila went to the West. Mm. For well, we know he was standing outside the walls of Aquileia just before it was raised to the ground, yeah. shouting over at Aetius, come on, Aetius, let us in. I've got some presents for you. <laughs> he might have done that, but he probably didn't. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> because uh, it would have been hard to forgive.
0: <clears throat> it, yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? It's a bit of a,
1: <laughs> bit of a smack in the old bum, isn't it? If you... Yeah, definitely. It's more likely that he'd moved home by that point. OK. Because he he does reintegrate himself into Roman politics, and it's bad enough having worked for Attila on your CV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Worked for Attila whilst we raised Aquilaire to the ground. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not going to look good, is it? Do you think he just left that blank on his CV? <laughs> it says here from from 448 to 450, you've got nothing on your CV. Um, or it's heavily crossed out with black marker Yeah, <laughs> what were you doing there? Oh, um, ch- charity work <laughs> Yeah for The good of people and the empire I was, um, I was, I was helping the Aquileia situation <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was certainly sorting it out
1: <laughs> So I was So therefore we speculate around this time He stops working for Attila He yeah. starts working for Atius instead As many men in our story recently did yeah. A lot of them are ex atius men, aren't they? After the death of Attila, and then after the death of Aetius, he finds himself in the Danube region working for Marcellinus. he's
0: Because he is
1: there now. But this is all speculation, I should hasten to add. We don't know any of this for certain. It's just guessing from where he comes from and where he ends up. Everything is at the moment, isn't it? Oh, it's really... A, we don't know anything about Orestes, as you may have okay. gathered by this yeah. point. Something happened. He went somewhere, yeah.
0: perhaps. Maybe. He may have done this, but probably didn't.
1: Yeah, we we just don't know. No, that's all right. It's fine. We just it's don't. Fine. Fine. I tried, Jamie. I tried. I know. Well, I thought you wouldn't want me eight... to make this up, would you? Well, you could have been. I wouldn't know. <laughs> what we do know is around this time he has a son, okay. and he names him Romulus. Yay! Put a box round him if you want. You um... know, is his own episode. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know it. Marcellinus a while later, is sent with Anthemius to the west to rule, and is then killed by Ricimer. Let's speculate that Orestes stays behind in the Danube and works with Nepos. Because that will put him in the right place later on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Make it easier.
1: Yeah. Who knows, though? Maybe he went west with Anthemius and yeah. uh, got involved with the whole civil war with Rickimer. We, we don't know. <laughs> we just don't know. But um, <laughs> let's say he stayed with Nepos. That's what I'm going to say. Right. He helped Nepos rule down Mesia Nepos made a name for himself, Orestes was his number two, I'm just going to say it, I'm going to say it confidently, God, it's gonna be a... he was Nepos number two at this time, Okay. yes he was, okay Nepos then takes over the west and he employed, get ready for it, Edicius, <laughs> Yeah. as his master of soldiers, when Aedicius proved himself not up to the job, Nepos looked around for a firm hand, And who better than Orestes? Because, after all, he was his number two back in Dalmatia. We decided. It makes sense. Yes. Okay, so to recap everything, but we definitely know. Yeah. There was a man called Orestes. There was a man called Orestes who worked for Attila. It might be the same man. When Nepos takes over and fires Adikius, he then hires a man called Orestes. That's all we actually know. Okay. Yeah. They could be the same person. They could be the same person. But equal chance, maybe not. Yeah. Okay. So, Orestes is now Master of Soldiers. He's had a lot of experience, because everything we've said definitely happened. He could deal with the barbarians when they were fighting them, but also deal with the barbarians who were in their own army. Mm. He could speak their language, figuratively and literally. Yeah, 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 it's useful. However, as we saw last week, Nepos was not top of the most-loved emperor list no. in the West. It's, it's a short list, and it's depressing to be at the bottom of it. <laughs> it really is. Yes. So the discontented in Italy soon started whispering to the new master of soldiers about how he, Orestes, would be better in charge. Nice. And sure enough, it did not take long before the coup takes place. And I quote here, Soon Nepos arrived at Ravenna, pursued by Orestes and his army. Oh dear. I didn't need to quote that, but it's one of the very few quotes we've got, so I'm going to put it in. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, if you remember from last week. Nepos ran. He did. From Rome to Rabenna. He legged it. Orestes followed with his army. And a horse. Nepos went, oh dear, I'd best run away to Dalmatia then.
0: Oh, because it's on Nepos only had
1: his guard and Jeff. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Oh dear. Yeah, exactly. And Jeff went the wrong way. (laughs) Yes. So Nepos has fled. Orestes now in charge. We know you will be shocked to learn pretty much nothing about what happens next. Okay. (laughs) He probably would have sent word to the east to let them know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's just sensible, isn't it? Get them on side, keep them on track, you yeah. know, keep them up to date with stuff. It probably didn't respond. If you remember, there's a bit of cooage going on over there as well. Yes. Yeah, so the East was probably too busy to respond. After a couple of months, it would appear that Orestes decides to create his own emperor.
0: What? So why didn't you make himself
1: emperor Oh, we'll get to that. All oh, right. Okay. It's one of the few things we can actually discuss. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, we get to that very soon. We're about to discuss it. But let me just announce, he decides upon none other than his own son, oh. Romulus. Oh. So, no word from the East. We need an emperor. Son, How's dad. you are now emperor.
0: Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Does that mean I'm rich and can buy whatever I want? No, not really. No, no money. But I'm sure have <laughs> got lots of power, though, and a
1: massive army. No. no. How about a palace? Maybe. Maybe. The walls are falling down a bit, but yeah. Can I just have a coin? Have a coin and you can have a massively reduced life expectancy. How about that? <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Romulus Augustus is now in charge. What? Oh yes. I was I was thinking, ha, ah, Rob's made a mistake. I get no. to correct him. No, but- he was Romulus Augustus. Of course he was Augustus. That's what you call the Emperor. He's Augustus. Yeah, OK. However, because he was very young, he soon developed a nickname. Can I guess his nickname? Go on. Was it Augustulus? No, it was Clint. Oh. Yeah. That seems to suit him. I like it. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> but then he developed another nickname, which obviously, yes, you got. It's Augustulus, which means little Augustus.
0: Oh, that's yeah. kind
1: of sad in a way. <laughs> really is, not it? So, yeah, there you go. Augustulus. But, yeah, his official title is Romulus Augustus. Even grander sounding. Hmm. Yeah. So why don't we call him Emperor Romulus, then? That's quite a cool name. Emperor Romulus, rather than... I'm guessing we would have done if he wasn't so utterly pathetic. Okay. But because he's pathetic, little Augustus <laughs> kind of fits. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Right, let's go on to this question that you are asking, because it's a very sensible question. ask it again. Go on, ask it again. So why didn't Orestes make himself the
0: emperor and his son? Did he hate his son? Did he want his son to die? <laughs> is it a massive conspiracy?
1: Well, it is interesting, isn't it? Because Orestes, unlike Stilicho, Aetius, Ricimer, he is a full Roman citizen with good ancestry. Yeah. He could have become emperor. Slightly treacherous. Yeah, he's got that dodgy part in his CV, but... <laughs> but he's, he's crossed that out, so it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So... Uh... Let's see, one explanation put forth is that he wants to establish a dynasty and he wants to be powerful himself but also make sure that his son is seen as powerful. So it's really entrenching in everyone's mind that Augustus will become the next emperor. This is the start of a new dynasty, we're gonna get out this mess, new golden age is just round the corner. I'm not hopeful. (laughs) No. Also, I'm not convinced by this explanation, to be honest. I've seen it in a couple of places. And why wouldn't he just declare himself as Augustus and his son as Caesar?
0: I guess he, he can shore up his power because it's like, you know, you've got your son. He'll be the puppet controlling the strings. Mm. So he might have more sway because you get a young, you know, oh, look how lovely he is, you know, follow
1: him, but I make all the decisions. Well, yeah, that that is one theory, definitely. I mean, maybe he just realised in a very very cold way, that being an emperor would put a huge target on his back, Mm. restrict him in certain ways. He didn't like his son much, so he just gave his son (laughs) that title, so he could be the power behind the throne, and everyone knows the power behind the throne is more powerful than the throne. Has been for years. Has been for years, so maybe he just wanted to be the next Rickimer. Mm. Possibly it's that. Maybe, at some point, during all the political upheaval, he made a promise to someone or a group or even God that he would never claim the throne. So this was just a, a little loophole that really he used when he finally <laughs> got there. I'm well, definitely we, not emperor. Yeah, I'm not. My son's emperor. Yeah. yeah. We just have simply no idea, but it is an interesting thing that he does mm. here. Yes. What we do know, though is that Euric and the Goths, upon hearing that Augustulus was now in charge, reasoned that any deal he made with Nepos was now off. If you remember, they had the deal with the four bishops. Yes. Which I'm now calling the deal of the four bishops. Nice. No one's ever called it that before, but yeah, now okay. it is. No. It's yeah. official name. To his house, rank him, Can. Remember, this is the deal that angered so many in Rome. Yeah. No one was happy about it. And it was now void, so they were probably less happy because the Goths just yeah. decided, you know what, let's just attack again, shall we? Nepos is gone. Well, hey. Nepos, remember, but at this point, is still in Dalmatia, yeah. sort of waving, going, but I'm still the Emperor. And everyone's ignoring him, apart from Glycerius, yeah. who's getting more and can, more angry. Can you hear something? About <laughs> you? So, Yurik takes the bottom part of Gaul back. Remember, that was the only concession in the deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's gone again, which, nice. Is, which is nice. Meanwhile, talks have been going on between Gesseric and Orestes. Okay. Yeah. Orestes was forced to agree, just as Nepos was just about to. Remember, Nepos got in trouble because he sent bishops off to Gesseric. Yeah. And everyone went, you've just done that with Euric. Yeah. We hated it, and now you're doing it with Gesseric, and that's Mm. when he was deposed. Yes. Orestes gets into power and realises he's got no choice but to do exactly the same. So Orestes is talking to Gesseric and says to him, yeah, you actually do own Africa, you're right, legally. And Gesseric probably just went, yeah, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Been here for years, there's (laughs) no way you can take it from me. You have tried several times to get us out and you just can't. Losers. Mm. So in theory, there was a peace deal between the Romans and the Vandals. Okay. Perhaps Gesseric, now in his 80s by the way, was willing to finally settle down.
0: Aww.
1: However, there's been a number of deals between the Romans and the Vandals in the past 30 years, and none of them have been kept. So, this was probably just some political maneuvering from the sides. Yeah, just, just playing out a bit longer. Yeah, definitely. Regroup. So, generally, things were going no better for Orestes than they had for Napos. All it would take was one crisis, and the whole thing would collapse. Well, thank goodness that's not going to happen. And then there was a knock on the door. It was the army. Hello there! They said in unison, which was depressingly quiet. Yeah.
0: Hi! i yeah. your army!
1: I say unison, it was like a barbershop quartet. <laughs> Hello! Hello! No. Yeah. The few troops that they had left, who were obviously of barbarian descent had been having a chinwag. They realised that, as the West no longer had any land outside Italy, where exactly are you planning to settle us after we retire? Ooh. Ooh. Recently you've been settling us in Gaul, and I can't help but notice if you have a look at this map here. <laughs> they call the map guy yeah, over to unfurl yeah. yeah. his map. You don't own Gaul anymore, so where exactly mm. are you settling us? It's a big... Big long theatrical. Oh, oh, yeah.
0: You might, you might be right. we'll have to think about that. Tell you what, let's let's set a
1: meeting about that. Yeah, next next July. Yeah, we'll do that. The army were having none of that. They want an answer right now. Where are you going to settle us? Oresti is looking a bit nervous and a bit shifty. Hasn't got an answer, but it's okay said the army. We've thought this through. We didn't just come to you with a problem, we came to you with a solution. Oh,
0: yeah, we had a monkey, but we've got a banana. <laughs>
1: they said. And, and the rest of you go, what? what? <laughs> What's a banana? What's a monkey? <laughs> the army had put their heads together and they'd come up with the following solution. They should be given some land in Italy. That's... <laughs> yes. Some sources say a third of Italy. Wow. Some historians say this is a mistranslation. uh, Links to the host giving over a third of something and it's been mistranslated and they just wanted some land. Either way, you can imagine the elite in Rome, yeah. and their reaction to the idea of giving barbarian soldiers land in Italy. Do, do you think it,
0: it was a really awkward moment because they started laughing because they thought it was a joke? <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Italy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what? Oh, none of you were smiling. Um, a bit like that. One of the leaders of this troop was a man named Odoacer. You mentioned him? Yes, we talked Oga. about him in... Nepos's episode, right at the end yes. we went to the end of Nepos's life, and he outlasts certain people we're talking about today, mm. so we talked about the person who took over afterwards, and that man is Odoacer.
0: He's just a general, isn't he? Because he becomes a,
1: essentially a king. Yes, yeah. Ooh, he becomes okay. the next Recomer, without a throne to guide. Yeah. Yeah, so Ooh. essentially a king. That, yeah. that would explain why he keeps carrying around that crown all the time. Yeah, definitely.
0: Getting it resized and shaped.
1: Yeah, he is another man from Pannonia, as many people were back then. Uh, although not of Roman origin, we don't know what ethnicity he was. Historians have speculated Hunnic, Gothic, many other tribes that we've not covered before. However, and as I've said before, I think this can be overthought somewhat. I don't think it really matters. He was from Pannonia. He was a general in the army. He would have been seen as Roman, as Stilicho yeah. was. Yes, there is that descent element, but he's not wearing furs and ripping meat off the bone. No. He's just a Roman general. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not happy to be denied this land. No. And he gets his lats together and they form a plan. He sent an invite to Orestes to meet him to discuss what could be done about Yorick and his new aggression. That doesn't sound like a legitimate invite.
0: No. That sounds like a, come here to this party. We've got a party just for you. Yeah. Don't bring any guards. No. no swords needed.
1: Just some dip. <laughs> bring some do. hummus. <laughs> yes. Hummus. Yeah, like that. <laughs> yes, you you saw through this cunning ruse. Yeah. Yes, you did. Again, we have few details of what happened next, so I'm just gonna quote to you all the details we have. Okay. This is everything. <laughs> okay. Secretly sowing the seeds of discourse, Satan himself raised up an army against Orestes. Orestes, come here! Oh, he's got to raise the army first. Oh! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. There's more, though, don't worry. It's not quite that bad. I do love the fact Satan is now in it. Yeah, that's quite cool. Okay. There's Pit Fork and... Yeah. He roused in wicked hearts the desire to revolt and inspired in Odoacer the ambition to rule. In order to bring ruin to Tychonum, he invited Orestes to that city with a promise of protection. Within that city gathered vast hordes inflamed with a mad lust for plunder. Everywhere grief, everywhere fear... Everywhere death under many guises. They burned both churches. The whole city glowed as if it was a funeral pyre. That's
0: very, very dramatic, isn't
1: it? It is. I mean, that's literally all we know of the fall of Orestes. Was he dead then? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Now, from this, and other little bits, to be fair, historians have pieced together what they think happened here. Odoacer was in Tychonum. Right. We've come across Tickenham before, haven't we? we, Sounds like Britain. Yeah, isn't (laughs) that. Twickenham. Sounds like Twickenham, doesn't it? Yeah, there was one, I've forgotten which emperor it was, who uh, was doing his um, training school, and everyone had to get the the train to Tickenham to go to train (laughs) train with him. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. (laughs) Anyway, Odoacer was there with his army. He sent word to Orestes to go and meet him. Orestes takes his bodyguard up to the city and enters as soon as they entered the city, Odoacer sprung his trap. Ooh. The fighting resulted in the destruction of the city. The two churches there being burnt down. Aww. Yeah. Orestes was captured and executed. Oh dear. Goodbye, Orestes. It was a brief, but Not really it was just brief. Yeah. It was just brief. <laughs> so there we go.
0: So that means now his son
1: has no protection. Not that he offered much anyway. Well, I did mention one other person right near the start. Seric. <laughs> no, that'd be interesting. No, <laughs> Orestes has a brother, remember? Oh! Paulus. Paul, yes. And he's still hanging around. All um, right. Don't know anything about him apart from this one thing that's coming up. Because you're right, Augustulus is in Ravenna at this point, and his uncle, Paulus, is looking after things for him. He can't even be trusted to stay in Ravenna on his own whilst his dad goes and sorts things out. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Paulus has to be there. So, when news comes through that Odoacer was marching on the city, Paulus springs into action. He told his nephew that his father was dead. Oh, how do you think he gave that news? Boy, your father's dead. Get over it. <laughs> Fear not. Popping out, and I will defeat the rebels, return victorious. Oh, okay. Said Augustulus. Oh, dear. Augustulus watched him go. The last time, yeah. <laughs> A while passed. <laughs> Eventually the door opens, and who is standing there but you've guessed it, Roger with a letter, looking this... very grim. <laughs> was it? Did it have a black border? <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> it was a lovely envelope. It's really nicely done. an crossbones on the yeah, back, yeah. embossed. <laughs> yeah, a nice seal. He cracked open the seal. Aww. He opens up the letter. He's learnt to read recently. So oh, that's he's, good. We're well, 15, excited. So it's probably yeah. about time. And, uh, it just has the word death written on it <laughs> and a crude picture of his uncle. Yeah, little stick man, arrow, <laughs> Paulus, yes. dead. Yeah, Paulus, head is, on the floor, is very dead. He then hears a little <clears> throat> throat> He looks up from reading the letter, and standing there is Odoacer. I'm quite positive about this. Oh, yeah. I think this will end
0: well. I think Edoacer will will take Romulus Augustus into his arms. Yeah. And they'll form a union. Yeah. Together they will rule. Yes. New golden age. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it be a journey to get to that
1: golden age, but I think this is the, this <laughs> is the symbiosis. Yeah. Yeah, at least at least a month. Yeah, okay. Augustus was told he was no longer emperor. It's like, do I not get the coins anymore? You have nothing. Does my life expectancy go back to normal? No. (laughs) Unfortunately not. (laughs) If you'd step this way, young (laughs) sire. Well, actually, he had one job to do. He was given a quill and a piece of parchment. Ah. He was to write the following. (laughs) Uh, We don't have exactly what it is he writes, but roughly it's along the line of Dear whom it may concern, In the East. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Over here in the West, we've been having a chinwag and have decided that wouldn't it be nice if the Empire was united once more? (laughs) We only need one Emperor, and that obviously should be you. (laughs) I am therefore resigning my position as Emperor of the West, signed Romulus Augustulus. Effective immediately. (laughs) Yeah. P.S., there's a man here called Odo Asa, by the way. He's great. He's really, 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 really great. He's standing right next to me, and I think he's great. He would be perfect to look after the Western provinces for you, under your name, of course. Please, please help. Help. He's going to kill me. <laughs> that bit was rubbed out.
0: Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see the faint action. Yeah. There's a new emphasis going, what does that say?
1: <laughs> Can't quite, quite make it out. Hope. Pope, something to do with... Oh, can't no, make it. I don't know. <laughs> So, yeah. So that letter was sent off. And there you go. Reunification of the Empire. Yeah. <laughs> East and the sliver of the West <laughs> are now And now together again. Bit of Italy. <laughs> yeah. With that deed done, Odoacer pulls out his sword and places it next to Romulus. Oh... Possibly this is all just speculation. Yeah. I just like to think he toyed with the boy for a while. <laughs> Which sword? I really really
0: shink. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Because I'm going to use this sword. Shink. <laughs> oh, Joe, don't worry, don't worry. Have a seat. Have a seat. Sit. Shink. <laughs> yeah, did that about ten
1: minutes. Just, just... <laughs> once he got through thirty-two knives, <laughs> seventeen swords, <at> whisk. <laughs> The joker'd want him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even
0: his guards are siren out, okay, it's not good anymore, so you just wrap this up.
1: I've got the body bag. <laughs> <laughs> Augustus goes, what? <laughs> well, actually, maybe you won't be surprised, maybe you will. But apparently, Odoacer took pity on Augustulus because of his youth and beauty and all the tears. <laughs> <laughs> and the begging. <laughs> he was apparently given a pension and shipped off to the Bay of Naples. Really? Yeah. Apparently, he lived in the Castle Delovo, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, the Egg Castle. Nice. Yeah. Uh, named after a myth about Virgil placing an egg in the foundation of the castle.
0: It's still there to this day. And on dark nights, you can see it glowing in a full moon.
1: It's still there to this day because you've been right next to it before. I mean, the egg. Oh, the egg. Yeah, Yeah, that's still there today, yeah. But the castle... Where's the castle? castle, I know you've been next to it, because I've been next to it. If you go into the port in Naples, it's that big castle right there. Oh, that big castle? That big castle right next to the port. I'm on a photograph of it. It looks different to how it would have done then, because it's been rebuilt, but (laughs) it's the castle on that site. Fewer burglar alarms back then. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, I didn't realise this when I went to Naples recently. I was sat next to that castle waiting for a ferry for about an hour I did not realise is that the, when you sent me the message that like, I'm here to look for, to find something about Augustus I just can't yeah, think what I to just, do I need to find something anything some inspiration <laughs> yeah. yeah so um, yeah that's where he was at some point he died he might have died there he might not have died there we have literally no idea okay. it might have been soon afterwards it might have been decades afterwards uh, that's how it ends <laughs> oh man that's just <laughs> <a> horrible yeah <laughs> The end of the West is such a sort of it's not even uh, known. Uh.
0: <laughs> yeah it's not even known
1: how it ends. So let's let's figure it out. Yeah okay, we don't have much detail, right? but we do know that he was possibly given a pension and we do know that he went to a castle in Naples. yeah. So we know that he had some money and we know where he was. how did he die?
0: Well, he was given um, a guard to look after him as well, yeah. to keep him safe.
1: Yeah.
0: Unfortunately, the main leader of that guard was Jeff. Oh, that's a shame. It's yeah. a bit of a shame. It is. Um, I'm guessing Romulus survived for a number of years. Yeah.
1: I've remembered something about Naples that might help. Oh, go on. They've got all those underground passages and wells that were used in the Roman times. Excellent. Yeah. So Jeff got yeah. Romulus.
0: This is what I think, I could be wrong. Yeah. And said, Do you fancy a tour of Naples? Yeah. I hear they have some wonderful caves. Yes. And tunnels dug. Should mm. we go and have a look? Talking down there, got lost. Mm. Romulus got lost. Jeff came out, didn't know where he was, so he thought, alright. Oh, yeah. Did just... a
1: little shrug to himself. Yeah. Shut the door. That was it. <laughs> and Romulus Augustus is still down there to this day. Yeah,
0: scratching another thing into the wall for another day to go past.
1: <laughs> yes. Six miles of tunnel with little tally chart. Occasionally, the echoes of voices of tourists float towards him when he tries to find them, but. But no one can, can understand Latin anymore. No, he never finds them. Oh. That's how the West turns. <laughs> That's even more depressing. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, so, should we race him? <laughs> um. Okay. Fighting us,
0: Maximus.
1: Well, obviously nothing. <laughs> because he did nothing. Well. He's a 15 year old who whimpered.
0: Well, he may have used some toy soldiers.
1: He might have done it at some point. Yeah. Well, so that's yes yeah, and no, zero. Zero. Obviously nothing. Yep, zero. Successes, Successes. ultimate.
0: Any reforms? Any any agricultural impacts? Any anything to do with the economy? Did he get his coin made? There
1: is a coin of him. I've got two, actually. Ooh. Based on how they look, they were hastily made. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get into that in the next round. This is Successors Ultimus, and that's obviously a zero. Yes. Next round. Image of face. Okay. What's he look like? Come for a piggy nose. Massive scared eyes. Just generally looking a bit scared. Yeah. There he is. Oh, he's got a spear through his neck and head. <laughs> I think that's meant to be like resting on his shoulder behind his head, but it nah, does that's going through. Does look like it's going through his head. a uh, long well little like tallid a massive crown or something. Or yeah Pope's was, hat. like a pope hat. Big, big domey hat. We've seen a couple of those in the past, but yeah. this one is particularly impressive. I would have seen pictures of Byzantine. Byzantine people. They yeah.
0: have armour that looks a little bit like what he's wearing. I don't know whether yeah, that's
1: armour or... Sort of beady looking. Um, yeah. Just... Do you remember back in the 80s people used to have beads on their car seats? Oh, yes! Yeah, it looks a little bit like that. Do you think that's what they made their armour out of? Oh, car beads. Big Plastic, chunky car beads. Yeah. Yeah, looks yeah, a bit like that. That'd be so uncomfortable to sit on. Why would you do that? If you are from the 80s and you did that, why did you do that? Yeah. And at what point did you stop? Was it literally January 1st, 1990. Well, yeah, it must have been. I suppose you couldn't do it straight away because you were too busy cutting off your mullets and uh, removing the shoulder pads <laughs> from your clothes. But as soon as you've done that, you got rid of yeah. the beads.
0: Lengthening your trousers somewhat. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um Okay, well, there's another one. There's a side one. Oh, my, that's deformed. <laughs> it's not good, wow. is it? Wow. It has been stunned by bees. Yeah. Look at his face. Look at his mouth. It's got a weird gash in his mouth. I'm guessing that's the coin... Um, He's also got a beak. It's it's not great. No. I'm just... It's just really bad. No, there's nothing there. Zero. Zero. Tempo completo. How long's he last? Oh. Um. A year? Close. October 475 to September 476. 11 months. That gives him a score of 0.11 for Tempo Completo. And that gives him a final score. (laughs) Of 0.11, which means he's our second worst. Oh, my goodness. Poor poor Quintilis. In retrospect, he was... He He did better. He
0: died. He he, he knew when to quit. Yeah. He knew when to quit, didn't he? Well, to Um, be fair, Augustus didn't have a chance to quit, did he?
1: No, he didn't. Like,
0: and where's my actually, daddy? Quintillus
1: oh. Quintilus was so pathetic. He does deserve to be the yeah. last. He does. But we're not talking about Quintilus. We're talking about Augustulus. Because there's one last thing we need to do all season. And that is decide, does the very last emperor of the West deserve Genet Caesar?
0: Do they have a certain Gene Caesar? Yes. Why? To stop all the public people voting for Julius Julianus. <laughs> 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 no. Oh. Um... Really, Although he does, I, I, I think there's some merit to him being the last emperor of the West. You know, Augustus was the first. He is the last. And that's an honour. Hmm. But it's so shockingly terribly shoddy. <laughs>
1: that, <laughs> that, yes, um, it is. I, I, no. No, you just want at least one last gasp.
0: Or like a fight. Like it was taken yeah. down a massive fight. Like, you know, the barbarians were banging around Romans doors and there were fights a last stand sort of It thing. doesn't even need to be a fight, it could be a, a
1: stern word. <laughs> <It> could... <laughs> Just something. Yeah, a conversation. It ends, it ends with a pathetic forced note of resignation. That's what it ends with. And then a nice retirement to Naples. Yeah. <laughs> it's a no, isn't it? It's a no. It is a no. So it's a good job we did do the public vote. Otherwise, we wouldn't have one short Mm. for our knockout rounds. And we are going to announce the winner of our public vote shortly. We're also going to do the draw to see who's in which round. But there's actually more to this episode. (gasps) Because not many people know there was actually another emperor. What? No, that was... (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely shocked for a second. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's on the poster, Rob. No, but we do have a small section which I think we we need to discuss before we end things up, just to wrap things up. Yeah. Because there are some big questions in history, Mm. and we're the kind of podcast that grasps those big questions by the horns. Yeah. we, We make sure that they are settled and answered. And these questions are, how and when did the West fall? I see, in my head, it fell before. Well, this is a very hard question. It should be easy, and it's really not... There's been so much debate about it for so long. And in a way, it is simple to talk about, because the answer is, you can't answer this. It's a transitional period. There is no date. Stop trying to date it. But people like... Set, some people, that. however, are obsessed with just putting arbitrary dates on things, and we are one of those people. That's true. We are going to do it. Yeah, let's do so, it. true totalis Rankium style here. Let's just quickly wrap this problem up once and for all, and then we can all go home. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, stating when the Westfall is impossible because I like I say it's a transition. So what we're going to do instead is think about when the catalyst occurred. When was the point where afterwards the West was doomed to fall? Okay. That's a good good place to start. Because at least then you can put a pin in it and say that there you go. After that, there was no recovery. Now this is just as ridiculously hard, mm-hmm. obviously, but we're gonna do it. And it also completely ignores slow-moving transitional changes such as the makeup of the army, the ability to gather taxes, etc yeah. etc but to be honest if you do that kind of analysis, you can't play the blame game. And I want to play the blame game. <laughs> yeah. Because we're also going to decide the question that is too often ignored by historians. Mm. Whose fault was it? I like it. So, one, one single person. One single person. Nice. One single date. Right. Why and ha- when did the West fall? Like it. And whose fault was it? Good. Let's do this. We have 12 options. okay. Yeah. (laughs) It's what I was doing
0: yesterday. (laughs) During during the math lesson you should have been teaching. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Please, sir, don't go away. (laughs) Okay, date number one, the year 14, the death of Augustus. I wouldn't go about that far. (laughs) This argument is that after the death of the man who started it all, the empire was obviously doomed to fail. Uh, Fault Augustus, because he created the empire. Pros to this argument... It's original yeah. cons. It's stupid. <laughs> it has a "what's the point in anything? We're all doomed to die" kind of feeling to it. But I just wanted to start at the start and work our way through. That's like saying it's it's my parents' <laughs> fault that I'm going to die. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> stupid. I, Who came up with that? No one. No one's ever come up with this Did apart you? from me. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one. I've never seen anyone suggest <laughs> that it was Augustus's fault. Okay, right. Slightly more sensible. That next one for a, such an early date, but it's still an early date. One eighty. This is when Marcus Aurelius dies, leaving his son Commodus in charge, and the Golden Age in tatters. That's true, because after him is the end of the crisis, doesn't it? Oh, we're we'll getting to crisis in a moment. Yeah, yeah but, but that, yes, I totally agree. It
0: builds onto it, and from then it never recovers to that point.
1: Everything's going downhill from this point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. With bit with bumps in it it's a bumpy yeah. downhill Yeah. it's not even smooth <laughs> kind of downhill slide where you graze your bum Ooh. on the way Ooh. <laughs> yes and rocky
0: one not, not a grass
1: one yeah it's, it's not good so who's at fault here well actually you could blame one of two people it's either Commodus for messing the golden age up or it's Marcus Aurelius for promoting his son as heir but he didn't really want to did he we did discuss in their episodes mm. actually Marcus Aurelius didn't have much of a choice here no It was either promote his son or kill him, and he'd already seen literally all the children in the world die around him. Yeah. Uh, Don't blame him for not purposely killing another child. That's fair enough. Yeah, so anyway, um, so I'm going to blame Commodus rather than Marcus Aurelius myself if we go for this date. Okay. Pros for this argument. Once you've reached the heights, there's only one way to go. So we could say it's all downhill from here, so it must be, from this point on, doomed to fail. I would say that the
0: empire is still there, um, and it grows a bit more and I would say as soon as no,
1: I'm I'm jumping ahead, running <laughs> way, Okay. Well my cons for this one is that it's hardly inevitable that Rome's going to keep falling, is no. it? No. And actually I'm fairly sure if you went and interviewed someone living in Diocletian's age or Constantine's age, yeah. they'd probably go, What do you mean we've gone downhill, we're we're doing all right?
0: Yeah. Look, I've yeah. got real money in my pocket.
1: Yeah. I mean, okay, it's made of wood, but the man in the suit told me it was real. Yeah. Yeah, so it's all good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's option two. Yeah, I don't like it. (laughs) Option three is kind of two options in one. Two, three, five, or two, eight, four, the beginning and the end of the crisis period. Crisis, crisis, everyone talks about the crisis, the crisis, definitely the, the crisis, everything dies in the crisis, the crisis, the crisis. Exactly. Yes. Maybe the chaos in the crisis was responsible for the whole fall of the West. The crisis was recovered from, but left its scars that never really went away. Just just like boar rap disease. Exactly. Scars on your eyes. Ooh. <laughs> the Empire had to be reset in the process of rebuilding it, <laughs> essentially. Take out
0: the plug, leave yeah. it off for 30 minutes, and then
1: that's what Diocletian did he completely changed how the empire was run he had to change everything to get it up and running again Ooh, maybe this new empire that Diocletian built was inherently weaker and therefore was doomed to fail so, so so who are you putting in who's at fault here well either Thrax for starting the crisis that is hugely debatable but we have already decided it yeah. was all Th- Thrax's fault so yeah. we don't need to discuss that yeah. we know Thrax caused the crisis yeah. we've discussed that before <laughs> other people might disagree <laughs> diocletian it could be his fault for creating the tetrarchy which was inherently doomed to fail he he split the empire that was the first split of the empire we'd had half um, and get
0: and gallienus and valerian and
1: yeah but
0: in a very obvious way you are the empire emperor of that you are the
1: emperor of that it's a very It was a bit more obvious, yeah. And he split it more than once as well. And, yeah, I know what you mean. Pros for this, um, I mean, let's face it, the crisis was an awful period. Yeah. Uh, But cons, this is just a stupid argument. (laughs) It really is. Post-crisis Rome was, at the time, very strong. Clearly could have recovered. Diocletian saved the empire from collapse. He certainly didn't hasten this fall. So I'm going to just discount that one now. Right, 337... The ascension of Constantine and the rise of Christianity. Perhaps the acceptance of this new religion inevitably meant that the church and state would clash, the state would suffer. Perhaps the morals of Christianity were incompatible with Rome's culture. Maybe Jupiter himself was angry and would smite the Roman people. So it's Jupiter's fault. Well, fault Constantine slash Jupiter, (laughs) yeah. Pros for this argument, it's supported by none other than Gibbon, Mm. although not as much as some claim. Some (laughs) people take his argument to the nth degree. Um, Gibbon was more pointing out that this could have been a factor. And yes, it certainly could have been a factor. Cons, it just doesn't hold water, this argument. The East was the one that survived, and the East was very Christian. That survived for another thousand years. That's true. So, this one's not great either. But this is one that is quite often put forth okay yeah next one 360 the ascension of Julian mm-hmm. there is no argument here whatsoever this isn't a real suggestion I just really wanted all of Julian's fans to just have a moment of shock whilst <laughs> I was reading this list You was an idiot, though oh he was just useless absolutely useless
0: <laughs> uh, I might say that ironically just to annoy people he, I, he did nothing other than strand his army and must kill them all from
1: dehydration in <laughs> a desert. What an idiot! He should have won, and then he would have been good. <sighs> but he didn't. Yeah. Okay, her. next next serious one. 376 slash three seven eight. There were two options here. Valens and Adrian At last we get into a more serious contender here. Okay. We're really starting to get to some realistic ones here. The Goths have been a thorn in Rome's side for quite some time yeah. now, and it's been consistent, hasn't it? Sometimes the Goths appeared as allies, like when they were fighting Attila. Yeah. Sometimes the enemy, like when they were sacking Rome. <laughs> but at all times, they were a drain on Rome's resources. Mm. In 376, Valens made the decision to accept the Gothic refugees. Remember, yes. This is when a few turned up, surprisingly, in Antioch to say... Can we come in, please? <laughs> <This is scary. laughs> then, due to mismanagement, corruption, racism, and cruelty, the Goths were backed into a corner where they felt that fighting the Romans was far better than accepting their help. <laughs> so, in three seven eight, they revolted and defeated Valens and set themselves up in the Empire. Euric is still going strong in our story. Mm. We have had Fritigern, Alaric, Atulf, Wallia, Theoderic 1, Theoderic 2, and now Yorick. All of them strong leaders. Mm. And they've been there ever since 378. It, it, Does this have the major factor that leads to the decline of the West?
0: It's like shooting yourself in the hand with a nail gun and then not taking the
1: nail out. Yeah, it's a bit like that. It's still there. It's still causing problems. Yeah, you can't yeah, pick up a pencil. Exactly. Ooh. Fault. Valence accepting the Goths into the Empire. Mm-hmm. Pros for this. It's clear that the Goths have a major impact on the fall of the West. If Valens had pulled a Theodosius, and if you remember Theodosius also let in lots of refugees, yes. but only as far as letting them halfway across the river mm-hmm. before massacring them. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So if Valens had done that, history perhaps would have been very different. Cons to this argument. Can you really blame Valens for letting the Goths in? Now, The Goths would have been a great addition to his army. He was planning to invade Persia at the time. Extra strength. Goths would have been extra strength. And if the Goths had been accepted in according to plan, it probably would have worked. It would have worked well. But it, it was that one city
0: decision by Valens that has now opened up a wound that can never be closed. Or
1: was it? If they hadn't been half starved and humiliated by the general in charge in the area, then it mm. probably would have been different. Yes, and
0: if he hadn't let them in, it wouldn't have happened.
1: Yeah, but who's to blame here? The emperor who says, let them in, or the general who is so corrupt, he purposely starves the Goths to the point that they revolt. What was the general called? Lupicinus. Yeah. So we have three seven eight fault to valence for losing Adrianople, mm-hmm. or we have three seven six the date that Lupicinus is corrupt and tries to starve the Goths to line his own pockets. Okay, I quite like the idea of blaming Lupicinus for the fall of the West. Yeah,
0: it's all your fault. <laughs> look, look at
1: this. <laughs> yeah, beautiful buildings. It's all gone. Just a, a general two years before Adrianople, I doubt many people have blamed him before. So we might go for him, but we could blame Valens. Next one, 406, Mass Barbarian Invasion. Oh, yeah. This is where they all come over the Rhine. This is a classic. Many people have gone for this one in the past... So we've got to include it. So I'm going to pick the date 406, because this is where the big invasion was. Okay. That's the one that came over the Rhine, and they never fought it yeah. back. Tuesday the 4th of May. No, no, it was it. Midwinter. Oh, okay. We know that much. Tuesday the 4th of December. That will do. <laughs> yes. Now, this is when Arcadius and Honorius are on the thrones. The Vandals, the Goths, the Swabi and the Alans cross into Gaul. This was like I say, never pushed back. The Vandals turned into Gesseric's Vandals in Africa though Swabi are still in Spain the Alans are mostly dead to be fair, they mm-hmm. were actually defeated but some are with Gesseric still though all those barbarians are still in the Empire. So is this the reason why the West fell? you got a clash of cultures. Mm-hmm. This does have a problem, this one. It's very hard to blame an individual here and that's what we want to do. So I'm going to say it was whoever left the door unlocked on oh, the Rhine. God, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this one's Jeff. Yeah. He should have locked the door on the Rhine. He had one job. He had a massive key.
0: They they'd even tied it on a piece of rope to his waist, so yeah. he would remember. And then tied him to the door.
1: Yeah. But fell <laughs> <started laughs> asleep. Yeah. Exactly. Every time you open the door, he's just like attached to the back. <laughs> <of him. laughs> All the barbarians tiptoeing past him. Yeah. <laughs> Shh. He, he starts, to, starts to wake up, and it's so, <laughs>
0: go to sleep, go to sleep, close your eyes, little Jeffy. <sighs>
1: go, go. Yeah, it's like that. Pros to this argument, without a doubt, barbarian invasion has a huge impact. Well, yeah, it's the, it's the reason, surely, because... Uh, well, cons. Rome's been invaded by countless barbarians in the past. Not like this. Continuously. Not living on the land as well. well. Yes, but why can't the Romans beat them back? It's not because they were invaded. They've been invaded so many times before. Because of Thrax it's, and paying the army too much. It's Rome's internal problems at the time mean they can't fight them back. Okay. You could argue. And this is the big debate. Is it their internal problems or the external problems? Mm. Everyone debates that for a while and always says it's a mixture of everything. Yeah. But we're not doing that. No. No, we're going to come to the bottom of this. Right. Right. Next date. 4.08, 4.09, 4.08, 4.09, it's hard to tell. Now, again, maybe a slightly surprising date. 4.10 is one often given. This is the Sack of Rome by the Goths and Alaric. I'm not going for 4.10 and the Sack of Rome. As we discussed before, it didn't really change anything. It was more symbolic, that sack. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They didn't, like, take the city over, they just took out took out the important things and then went away.
1: Yeah, it was more a case of they wanted to show Honorius what they could do. Mm-hmm. Remember, Alaric gave Honoris plenty of opportunities for that sack not to happen. So the reason why I've gone for 408-409, to if you remember, Alaric has the upper hand. He sieged Rome a couple of times. This is when they have that meeting. And Alaric, who has a huge upper hand, demanded lots of things off Rome. Yeah. But then went away and came back and said, actually, no, forget what I've just demanded. All you need to do is give me some land on the Danube and I will protect the frontier for you. And he kept trying to get stuff and the Empire saying, no. Yeah, this was an incredibly good deal. Mm. Really good deal for Rome. All you need to do is give us some land that you are struggling to control anyway and we're going to fight on that land and we will keep it safe for you. And Honorius (laughs) says no. Idiot. Just because he didn't like Alaric. This was a ridiculous thing. It's genuinely, I think, one of the most stupid things an emperor has done in the entire series. So, fault. Honorius. Yeah. Pros for this argument. After this, the Goths cause a lot of trouble stopping the Empire from focusing on getting rid of the Vandals. With the Goths on side at this point, perhaps they could have pushed back that invasion that's just happened. Yeah. That's what Stilicho was trying to do. Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just... Doesn't work because of all the internal fighting that's going on, and that's because Honorius is an idiot. He really is. Yeah. I remember saying that all the time. Cons for this. Would getting the Goths on side really help? After all, Constantius III does this shortly afterwards, and the Goths still cause a lot of trouble later. Yeah, so they're always just going to be a thorn on the side. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, a couple more left. 329, we're getting close to the end here. The Vandals invade Africa. But to be fair, this takes a while, so I'm going for the date when they crossed over that dodgy rope bridge. Under the guidance of their new king, a man named Gesseric. Yeah. And let's face it, it's not Attila, it's not a man named Sharpor, whichever one you choose, it's Gesseric, who was Rome's greatest foe. Mm. He's not gone away, he's been there for ages. It's true. He really has, and he has just taken on all the emperors, and he's winning every time. He takes the economic powerhouse and the granary away from the west under their nose. Without this, Rome is doomed to fall. They can't get back. They don't have enough food. They don't have enough money. Fault. Gesseric. Pros for this. After Rome loses Africa, things fall apart very quickly.
0: We had no money, no food.
1: Yeah. There's been invasions before, but this is a whole important province gone. If Rome can't get it back, they are going to fall. Rome can't get it back and no, just think they're going oh my lovely Egyptian cotton sheets Egypt's not in Africa <laughs> Egypt's in Africa it's not that part it's Africa Egypt's its own province we've had this discussion before <laughs> Egypt is in Africa <laughs> I've got a map I can prove it anyway cons for this argument Rome was clearly in trouble a long time before the Vandals took Africa mm. but then you could say that it was recoverable for now it's not Okay, next 461, the death of Majorian. Mm. Majorian was the West's last hope. Rickama yeah. killed him. <laughs> yeah. Oh let me guess the next one then. <laughs> Fault Rickmer. Pros for this, there was never a decent emperor again, so there's no chance they could recover. Cons, it's not really that there were no decent emperors, it's just the situation was so dire they could do nothing. Anthemius and Nepos actually seemed fairly sensible, but were trapped in an impossible situation. I think by this point, the moment has actually passed. There's nothing anyone can do, but in that case, is this the linchpin? Is this where it happens, the death of Majorian? Hmm. Then finally, 476... The last emperor falls, deposed by one man, Odoacer. Clearly, it's his fault. He was the one who deposed the last emperor, so it's his fault the West fell. Hmm. Pros for this. It's very neat, this one. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why 476 is obviously given as the time when the West fell. Well, because there oh, no not emperors what emperor after, I'm yeah, guessing. So. Exactly. Yeah. Cons, it kind of ignores hundreds of years of history Well, no, it, it, I will not agree with that I say
0: it wraps up the decline, the gradual decline okay. Of
1: okay, so quick recap And during the recap, let's just say no to the obvious rubbish ones And yeah. then we'll decide So that is year 14, it's Augustus' fault for creating the whole thing No, you should never have started. No, no, obviously not. One eighty Marcus Aurelius slash Commodus for ending the gold age. Too far back. Too many things. Okay, good. Two three five Thrax. No, No. Diocletian. Two eight four. No, no, I'm agreeing with you there. It's still too far back. Um, three three seven Constantine rise of this was fine. Yeah, he did a lot of good for the empire. I'm agreeing with you here. Right now, we're starting to get to ones where we can possibly start to argue for three seven six Lupicinus. For corruption to the point where the Goths turn against Rome, I think that's a contender. If you're going to blame barbarian invasion and Goths yeah. and Adrianople, the reason Adrianople happens is because of Lupicanus. So I'm going to say he should be a contender. Okay. All right. Next three seven eight Valens for losing Adrianople, huge army gone. The Goths are able to walk around and do what they want. Yeah, keep that as well. Just okay. In case. 4.06, Jeff for letting the Barbarians in. That massive swan bar,
0: I, I think that's a contender.
1: Yeah, I, think I a really agree. It is a strong contender. 4.09, Honorius for not making a deal with Alaric. I think it's stupid, but I don't think Yeah, that's it why. really is a stupid thing, but I don't think it's what caused the fall no. of the West. As much as I'd love to blame Honorius for the fall <laughs> of the West. <laughs> you idiot! Yeah, I don't think we can, so Kick let's him. cross that one off. 429, Gesseric invades Africa, takes the most important things away. Yeah, that's a very strong one. That's a very strong one. 461, death of Majorian, hands of Rikama. I, I just think the moment's passed by that point, to be honest. I think Rome's already on the death spiral by that point. Majorian clearly can't save the West as much no. as he tries. He
0: was, yeah, he was trying, but there are too many things, yeah. so no.
1: 476, it's Odoacer's fault for deposing the last death I'm going to, yeah, I think that's, yeah. I'd, yeah, okay, I'd let's keep that, that one. Okay. I think we can debate that. Just because it's neat. So, that's what? Four left? Yep. Okay. Oh, how are we going to do this then? Let's compare Lupicinus and Valens, because those two dates are very close to each other. Yeah. Should we blame losing the battle, or the person whose fault the battle was to begin with? person whose fault the battle was. Okay, cross Valens off.
0: Loupicanus.
1: I do like the idea of blaming Loupicanus, who (laughs) no one would have ever heard of. (laughs) Here's the reason... I do quite like that. Why I bought an X-rated
0: blanket in the Vatican. <coughs> it's his fault. It's true. I bought. I bought. Um, <laughs> when we went to the Vatican, went to a little stall. Yeah. And we bought a like a bed covering thing, and it has all the karma sutra positions around the outside. Oh, okay. Bought that in the Vatican. So that wouldn't have happened if it's still the Roman Empire. Exactly. He'd have been stoned
1: to death. I don't selling know. Selling such it's, filth. The Vatican probably would have been there still. Oh yeah, no, but he would have been selling that. Oh no, something would have changed at some point Yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough <laughs> So it's now down to Lupicinus, Jeff Jeff, Geseric and Odoacer. Ah yes, no, there's still four As much as I'd love to blame Jeff for the fall of the Empire I'd rather blame someone who is more historically documented I'm not saying he's not real, good I'm just saying more historically documented Okay, so Jeff. let's
0: scratch out Jeff then Yeah, let's throw him a bone
1: Because mass barbarian invasion is a very generic one, and yes, it is obviously very important. Um, But I think it
0: exacerbated it. I wouldn't say it's the cause.
1: But uh, I mean, Lupicinus is linked with the barbarian invasion anyway, isn't it? So that kind of uses that argument as well. So let's get rid of Jeff. Mass barbarian invasion gone. So is it Gesseric's fault, Odoacer's fault, or Lupicinus's fault? I've got to say, Kassaric invading Africa is a hugely strong one.
0: It really is, because
1: yeah, when you
0: lose your money, you can't pay your army. Yeah. If you even have an army. Yeah. And they tried to invade him, he was too strong. Yeah. They tried the whole boat thing.
1: Yeah. The East couldn't get rid of him.
0: Yeah, the, the, the Empire reunified to defeat him. They couldn't do it. Mm. And it just showed, out, it showed their shortcomings more than anything.
1: Yeah, Odoeta, we said we're looking for the turning point. Mm. That wasn't really a turning point. That was more an end point.
0: But I... See, see, my argument is that he is the end of the empire. Cause it's no longer... Well, no, to be fair, when when do they lose anything but Italy? Because then it's not an empire, it's just a country.
1: Um, probably around Majorian time we're talking there. Like it's just Italy left, there's nothing, not even a sliver of But they wouldn't left. have seen Italy as Italy as much as we do now. That was just part of the Empire that they're losing. Mm. Oh, no. If we choose Odoacer, the problem is we're saying that at any point during Augustus's rule up to the point he was deposed, things could have turned round. And I really don't think they could have done You never know. <laughs> But they didn't. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna scratch Odoacer. It's the obvious end of Western Emperor's date. It's already got that. I don't think we need that for this one. So we're now down to Gaiseric or Lupicinus. You're
0: desperate for us, aren't you? I
1: don't know. I think Gaiseric's got the stronger argument. I I, I agree. I think it's Gaiseric. I'd love to blame Lupicinus, <laughs> <laughs> but I th- I think
0: that started it off. Empire was then weakened. Then the final death blow was. Shall well, got... we
1: say two awards? Because it is always, is it internal external? It is the big debate. Oh, true, yeah. And everyone always says, oh, it's a mixture of the two. Okay, yeah, it is a mixture of the two. The internal fault was all of, due to Lupicinus yeah. in yeah. 376. And then the external fault was Augusteric in 429. And there we go. That's why and how the Roman Empire fell. Blame Lou Picanus and Gesseric. Yeah. That was easy. That was easy. I just... Yeah. I mean, it didn't take us that long. I mean, the historians have been trying to do this for ages. Ah oh, piece of cake. It really is simple, isn't it? I don't it? know why they're complaining all the time. So there we go. We know how the West fell. There you go. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. And that <sighs> is the end of our show. And that is the end of our series. Or is it... dun 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 <laughs> dun, dun dun Because we've got one more thing we need to do, and that is the draw. Because from next week onwards, we are doing the knockout rounds. Yeah, we are. And we are going to decide who faces who in the knockout (laughs) rounds. (laughs) Yeah. So just what we're going to do today is just draw the rounds. It won't take us long, and we'll explain more next week how it's going to work in our first knockout episode. So briefly, how we're going to do this, there are six knockout rounds of four emperors. Right. Each week we will choose the top two... And they will go through to the semi-finals. Then the top of each semi-final will go into a final. That will result with three finalists to win gold, silver, and bronze. Nice. However, just to keep things interesting, we have seeded the groups. That sounds rude, but it's not. It's not. Could you rude. explain that, Rob? What I've done <laughs> is, by score, I've got our top six emperors. And according to our totanus Rankium scores, remember this is... Total scores, so most interesting rather than best. Our top six are, in reverse order, Theodosius, Valentinian, Augustus, Diocletian, Constantine, and Aurelian. Okay. So each of those are definitely in separate groups. However, who is going to join them? Let's do this. We have an actual hat here with bits of paper with names on. Yeah. I'm going to move him around. I'm going to hold it quite high so Jamie can't see in it. Okay. And he is going to pull a name out. This is, this the... is Group 1. Group this 1. Theodosius' group. Take,
0: trying to take Theodosius down. We've got... Valerian.
1: Valerian. Ooh. The hat stand. Also in Group 1 is...
0: <gasps>
1: Caracalla.
0: Ooh. I can imagine... A... Theodosius and Verena going, oh dear. No, 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 Caracalla. No, no, no. As Caracalla's been wheeled out like Hannibal Lecter.
1: matt that's been taken off. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> Fetch Mr. Stabby. <laughs> <sighs> okay, and the last one in this round. Oh, oh was it?
0: Maximinus Thrax.
1: Oh, Thrax against Caracalla. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's a fight you'd want to see. And they, they remember, Thrax worked under Carac- Caracalla. He used to stand there menacingly. Yeah, in the background. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. Right, now okay. On. Now, what am I pulling out for group two? So this is Valentinian's Who's Facing Goldflake and Innocence. <laughs> First of all... <gasps> Is the wild card. It's the audience Ooh. selection, which we will reveal afterwards. But for now, I'll just put wild card in because I've not checked Facebook. There might be some last minute entries. The next one is Otho. Oh, you know what? I think Valentinian will be rubbing his hands together at the moment. <laughs> he is, you can see him. You've got the lowest scorer there and someone who we didn't give it to to yeah. begin with. This looks like an easy round for Valentinian, but who's his last one? <gasps> Caligula.
0: Yes, my favourite.
1: You know, you can just really relate to somebody. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: see yourself in them. Yeah. Similar hobbies. Okay, Augustus' group. Oh, this is... Against the founder. Constantius. Ooh. Father of Constantine the Great. Massive chin. Massive, massive chin. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. It's odd what you remember about is isn't it? <laughs> okay, <laughs> number
0: three. Okay, facing Augustus and Constantius is Marcus Aurelius.
1: Ooh. You don't want to be in a group with Augustus and Marcus Aurelius, do you? <laughs> you really do. Next up, final one, finishing off this round is
0: Constantius too. Oh Constantius' son. I'm joking. <laughs>
1: Constantius II, second of his name. Oh, that's that's a tough group. You know what? Constantius was interesting. He really was. Good enough to beat Marcus Aurelius Augustus, though? I don't know. Right, here we go. Diocletian's round. First up against Diocletian. Reform the Empire. And he's up against Galerius, one of the more little-known Genesis R winners after Galerius is... Constantius III. It's a good name, Constantius, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really was. That was all the Constantiuses have got in. And finally, against those three is... Majorian. Oh. Our last Genesee's our winner. Poor Majorian. Okay, group five. With Constantine, Um, we're
0: going with... You're up against the great here. Gallienus, which sounds like a, an element.
1: Yeah. Oh, you know what? I, I completely misremembered Galerius and Gallienus. I'll try not to do that when I'm putting the episodes together. <laughs> too. And joining those two, yeah. we have... Ooh, Mr. Spock himself. Trajan. Trajan. That's a tough one for Gallienus now. Constantine and Trajan in there. Uh, Gallienus is actually now biting his own nails. Yes, he is. Vespasian. Oh, sorry, (laughs) Gallienus. You you did well to get this far. The taking part that counts. (laughs) That is a tough round. Very tough round. Okay, and then finally, joining our top scorer, Hadrian.
0: Great at wall building.
1: Yeah. Great at beards. Great at travelling around. Not good with his wife, though. No. Domitian. Oh, oh, yes. This is a tough round. This is a hard round. He's got his army of flies closely yeah. following him. Oh, group six is hard. Who's going oh. up against these three? <laughs> oh! Commodus? <laughs> yes. Oh, this is the round of death. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh great. Aurelian, Hadrian, Domitian and Commodus all in one group. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's going to be a tough one. That's going so, fun, though. quick recap then. Oh, actually, no, before we do that, okay. shall we announce who won? For those of you who may have forgotten, we have had on Facebook for the last week who should win a bonus Chennai César and go into the final rounds. So, go on then. Let's announce this. Thank you very much to everyone who's voted. Loads and loads of you voted, which was great. I'm going to go through reverse order for every emperor who managed to get... Oh, at least a vote. At least a vote. Okay. There were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There were eleven people Mm. whose names were put forward. Okay. So who should we give Gene Cesar through? Who's going through to the final round? In last place, with one percent of the votes, (laughs) is Karas. The lightning man. Oh, bless him. He got a vote. Another vote for Quintilus (laughs) Quintillus <laughs> for just being the worst. Yeah, yeah. He got a vote. Yeah. This one came out of the blue. It's an interesting one. One percent of the vote voted for Edgar the Peaceable, which is a Rex Factor reference. Excellent. That you would not get if you're not listening to the Rex Factor. Okay. Season one of the Rex Factor, they didn't give the Rex Factor to Edgar. Oh. <laughs> and he so obviously should have got the oh, Rex yeah. Factor and. Uh, it was Ali who didn't give it to him, and he's been paying ever since. Okay. So I think this vote was by someone who was a Rex fan and just felt the, felt frustrated okay, well, at Edgar's enough. loss and felt this was a chance for Edgar to shine, which... Uh, well, you know what we need to do?
0: What? He needs a Genie Caesar. <laughs> we'll he? send the card to the Rex Factor. Yeah. <laughs>
1: he can get an honorary one. He won't go through to the rounds. Ram- oh, no, no. well, him- he's not was an emperor or Roman no. or... We'll, we'll give him a Genie real. Caesar, Yeah, and uh, we'll send that off. Yeah. <laughs> Um, next, 1% of the vote, Pupianus. <laughs> I believe just so we could say the name more. Yeah, I think that's my vote. 1% of the vote also for Titus. Yeah. Okay. I can see why. Now we start to get a bit more votes. 9% of you wanted Antoninus Pius to get really. Through. Yes, because he was very good. He was very good. Just boringly so. Yeah. So, oh. There's only so much you can do when your empire's in the middle of a golden age. Everything's absolutely fine and you just continue to be fine.
0: Mm.
1: yeah. With 11%, Nero. Ooh. Now, I remember not giving it to Nero and thinking, oh, this is contentious. Because this people is the first... People argue about this. Yeah. Apparently, well, we did. And apparently, people generally were quite happy with Nero not getting it. Only 11% of people wanted him to get it. We, we, we argued. Was... Well, let's say I argued with you. Yeah. <laughs> with 12%, Septimius Severus. Oh, the beard. Our highest scorer who did not get it. And I must mm. admit, if I was voting, he was one I would have voted for. Yeah. Yeah. I feel slightly guilty not giving it to him. He was quite clearly very good. He scored lots of points, but. uh ish. Yeah, uh, he did have Sean Connery's accent, but mm. he only got 12% of votes. Next, in third place, on 12% or so, but slightly more votes, was Julian. <laughs> yes, huge following for Julian. And at one point he was winning it near the start. Really? Yeah, his votes sort of filtered away. Obviously, Julian supporters were very, very eager to vote, mm. but uh, there weren't enough of them in the end. No. So it's down to a final two. It's now down to two, and these were the two runners in the last three days. Yeah. has been almost neck and neck. Claudius and Julianus. Right, Claudius because everyone loves Claudius, and Julianus because he's hilarious. <laughs> well, well, well. Let's let's see the pros and cons for each.
0: Um, Claudius punched a whale in the face. Yeah, a whale. Has he slept Rocky with his niece, rock.
1: and had Rocky. And on that note,
0: <gasps>
1: we have a special guest with us today. Who is it? Rocky. Rocky has actually been living in my house for about a yeah. year. I sit him next to me when I edit. Yeah. But I brought Rocky oh. along. You can see his leashes in tatters because History Cat likes to play with the leash. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. There you go. Rocky's now actually here. Anything oh. you want to say, Rocky? Can't believe I actually held him up to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So that's. So they pros. pros for Claudius? Yeah. Pros for Julianus. Hilarious. Hilarious. So let's 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 do it. Claudius was winning this for the last three days. Yeah. And then, honestly, two hours ago, Julianus suddenly got two votes. Oh. oh. Which just put him ahead. Claudius is now on 24%. Julianus is now on 25%. He got a quarter of the votes. Unless, and I'm literally going to do it now, unless someone has added to the thing right now... Well, do you need two extra votes to beat it? Yeah, if anyone's gone for Claudius, it's the coin. Nope, no one else has commented. It's still Dan Rosenblum. Your vote was the final one, and your vote pushed Julianus... Over the edge. So sorry, Rocky. Actually, I think Rocky was allowed to come and watch, wasn't he? Yeah, he's got a yeah, go. seat. That's fine. So, Julianus is our wild card. Well done, Julianus. You make okay. it through. So, that in that group there, Otho is now going, woof, <laughs> someone I can beat. So, final thing we'll do today, then. Quick recap of these rounds. Group <laughs> one. Theodosius, Valerian, Caracalla, Thrax. Group two. Valentinian, Julianus, Otho, Caligula. Group three. Augustus, Constantius, Marcus Aurelius, Constantius II. Group four. Diocletian, Galerius, Constantius three, Majorian. Group five. Constantine, Gallienus, Trajan, Vespasian. Group six. Aurelian, Hadrian, Domitian, and Commodus. Oh, that is such a hard round. (laughs) (laughs) That has me so much fun, though. Okay. Right. And I think that's all we need to do this Mm. week. And that is the end of the ratings. We're done. We did it. That's our last Emperor episode. Yes. Until season two. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Then with Leo and his little face. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, next week, episode on round one, but also some discussion on Fightius Maximus as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, tune in for that. Yeah, and thank you to all
0: of you because we wouldn't still be doing this if nobody. Well, actually, we probably still would be. (laughs) But um, it it, it makes it happier, doesn't it? Yeah. People are listening. Yeah. So, So, yes. So, thank you to all of you, our listeners. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, even though we don't use it. Um, You can download us from Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher. Mm, As you probably know because you're listening to this right now. But spread the word, keep spreading the word. Spread it,
1: guys. Spread far spread first. Goodbye. Goodbye.
0: Ah, Mr. Mr. West, I'm so glad you could arrive at such a difficult time like this.
1: I know we've spoken on the phone
0: about your brother's current condition, but I'm glad you could come here.
1: Yes, yes. Well, thank you, Doctor. Uh, it's a very difficult time, but... It is, it is. Oh, oh, looking at him like that, it brings back the memories. Oh,
0: good. It does, it does. Would you would you care to reminisce and tell me about his life? Because when we switch off his his ventilator in roughly two minutes... You won't get the chance to say these things again.
1: Oh yes, no, you're right. Maybe we, I should talk. I mean, he—he he could probably hear what we're saying, can't he? Um. Let's let's just say yes for now. You you can believe that. Yes. Well, you know what? He was absolutely mental when he was younger. Really. To begin with, oh, he's the stuff he'd get up to. Oh, oh. I we couldn't tell mother. Oh dear. No, some of it was borderline illegal. Oh, well, I say borderline illegal. It was utterly illegal. It was awful. Yes, I mean, you just. Gosh. Those parties, they were they weren't insane. I think I read about those. Yes, no, no, I mean. He's quite often defined by this time in his really? life. He never really got over this crazy time. To- oh, it's horribly is, tidcast, isn't it? It's a shame, because actually, afterwards, he really settled down. Oh, I mean, oh good. he grew a beard. Nice. He got married. I mean, he did. Put on a little bit of weight, yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's good to fill out and, you know, be confident and... We, we, we used to say when we met him, oh, you've expanded again. Oh, so uh-huh. hilarious, yes. But um, he, he looked good with it. Bulked up, rather than fat. It was, it was all right. I forgot to my Nose he used to call this time the Golden
0: Age. He used to say that to me. Back in my Golden Age, everything was good, he used to say. Yes, that
1: was a bit weird. Um, it's just one of his quirks, he used to... Refer to himself as if he was some kind of all-encompassing empire or something. We, we just let him roll with yes, it. Yes, we gave uh, him medication for that. Good times, though, well, Good yes. times. Unfortunately, then, when the crisis came, oh, he got yes. divorced. Yes. He bought a speedboat. Oh, my gosh. The haircut changed. Oh, yeah. Shaved
0: off the beard. Oh, it was awful. And we've got his medical rescue, he caught a number
1: of diseases during that time as well. Yes, evil bubble wrap disease took him off his feet for quite some time. Yes, and his yes. face. And he was just all over the place. You couldn't tell whether he was coming or going at all. Terrible. Well, that is probably because he did split himself into four. Well, yes. I mean, when you first suggested that as treatment for his depression, yes. I, I must admit I was sceptical, but... It actually worked. Yeah, certainly for a number of years. It yes. really did. It wasn't bad. I mean, splitting someone into four pieces is drastic to say. I know, mean, but why would you normally do that? <laughs> yes, but No, it worked. Yes, it did. Thank you, Doctor. I don't think I ever thanked you enough. You really helped him in that period. He responded well. He did respond well. I mean, it wasn't perfect. Nothing was no. quite the same. I mean, he did buy those bears shortly afterwards. That's true. That was... Quite frankly, terrifying. Well, it would be. I mean,
0: it's, it's, it's rare that you keep such a vicious carnivore in your your own home. But he speaking of his home, though, he did mention about his uh, his neighbours.
1: Yes, uh, I must admit, I wasn't particularly fond of the friends. It was the smell. Well, there was Ungark. He was huge and hairy. And the other was this... Oh, Raven Blackthorn, I believe his name is. Oh, he was a pasty fellow, wasn't he, in the leather? Yes, were they visiting earlier? Were they? Yes, he kept listening
0: to Marilyn Manson or something.
1: He was very big into his goth scene. Yes. It's all a bit weird. I mean, at one point, uh, my brother pulled me to one side and whispered to me through gritted teeth that they were... They were squatters and they wouldn't leave him alone. Oh, dear. Yes, uh, but whenever they were around, uh, they just seemed like friends. It was all very confusing. It was hard to tell what was going on. Um, but I get the feeling that actually they were taking advantage of him. Really? Oh, gosh. Yes. Well, I, I, I got that feeling mainly when they beat him to a pulp. Numerous times, That's why he ended up in here in the first place. Yes, it's true. Yes. Which quite frankly shocked me when they came to visit. <laughs> oh, obviously, I feel sorry. Yes. No, they, they took selfies and laughed. Oh, oh, dear. Yes. And now, now you say it's terminal. It's, it's I'm afraid
0: it's very terminal. I mean, he's, he's been in this state for a number of years now, and I think the kindest thing we need to do is pull that plug right out.
1: But I kind of have noticed he's twitching every now and yes, then. Yes,
0: no, that's, 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 that's what we call in the medical business a bad twitch. Oh. Okay. Not, a, not a good twitch. So it's got to be done, has
1: it? I'm afraid, yes. We're pulling the plug. The literal plug out of the wall. Good. Sorry, I thought we'd like be pressing a switch or something. You want me to actually pull the plug out of the physical wall? Yes. This is. Not as, it's not what I was expecting, but fair enough.
0: Yes, but we feel like when family members do it, it's more personal. And you, you get a closer connection, and also it's either that or, or the pillow. Oh. So, okay, so um, this one here, is it? No, no, not that one. That's that's the expresso machine.
1: Oh, sorry. Here we go. There we go.
0: Goodbye, Robin West. <sighs> however, however, there's an epilogue. Huh? At the end of the episode.
1: Oh, is that?
0: Yeah. So Jeff walked out. He's locked Romulus in the yeah. in the things. He's walked out and he's thinking, "What was like in the east?"